Welcome to Season 5, Episode 9 of the Tapping Into Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Olverum, an award-winning cult beauty and well-being brand steeped in ritual, powered by nature, focused on self-care and finessed by science. The signature scent is heavenly and it has been created specifically to support your nervous system and well-being. Olverum are offering you a chance to feel relaxed, restored and renewed by giving you an exclusive 20% discount code using Tapping for Mums. This week I chat to Dr. Kim Duramo, a trained physician who spent years in the ER but was prompted on her own healing journey after experiencing a severe anxiety disorder and severe autoimmune disease. She was told she'd be on medications for the rest of her life and through her understanding of the mind-body connection, she was able to heal both. She is best-selling author of the Mind-Body Toolkit and founder of the American Institute of Mind-Body Medicine. She's also an EFT practitioner and uses tapping a lot in her work and use it in the ER too. You can find her book and resources at drkimd.com. This conversation is packed full of physiological explanations and anecdotal healing experiences. As Dr. Kim shares with us the understanding of how more than 90% of people with physical issues have an underlying emotional issue that is holding the physical symptom in place. She describes how our body innately heals, how our body is often in a suppressed state, and she explains the impact of fight, flight, freeze, stress response on our body. Dr. Kim explains how she approaches finding the root causes to physical problems by correlating emotions to the physical body. She believes the physical ailments are the tip of the iceberg, our energetics, emotions and belief system are the foundations. She discusses how beliefs are formed and the impact they have on our physical body. I'm really passionate about understanding more about our mind-body connection so that we can consciously reprogram our minds to allow us to fulfill our purpose, achieve our visions and dreams and enjoy life to the max. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and as always, share your feedback with me and Dr. Kim. Send us an email or a DM or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Dr. Kim. Thank you and welcome to the Tapping Into podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here all the way from America. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to connect. So you're a trained physician and you have spent many years learning about the body and particular illnesses and how to support people uh, through many solutions. Um, And you're now a kind of a mind-body expert, something that I think is the way of the future, From certainly from what I hope is the future, um, where we look at the holistic nature of our energy field and not just one aspect of it. And, you know, even the organ aspect versus the whole body, you know, like the way that I'm sure you've been trained in, in that way as well. So can you give us a bit of background as to how you went from being in that world and operating in the emergency room and and doing all those, you know, very ne- necessary procedures and stuff to actually help people cure their physical illness with the knowledge of the mind and body? Yes, I would love to explain that. Um, first off, like before I ever became a physician, I had already had a lot of awareness of how everything is connected and could see energy and feel people's emotions and have awareness of what was going on beneath the surface that a lot of people are just very unconscious of. So they'd be looking at the surface complaint or the surface issue, but it would be very apparent what all the underlying components were. And so I was really inspired to become a doctor and learn about the body and the physiology and and all the inner workings. But I'd already studied for years um, psychoneuroimmunology, which is the science of how our thoughts, our beliefs, our subconscious is creating what's happening in our physiology, what is happening in our immune system, what's happening in our digestion, what's happening in our hormones, and how those are so deeply related. So having studied that for years, uh, having been applying that in my own life, um, I went on to learn medicine because I, I knew I wanted to share this Um, as a physician and with a deeper understanding of the body. So I did my 
my residency in trauma and emergency medicine, which was critical care medicine. And, you know, a lot of really intense, I worked at a level one trauma center. So there were gunshot wounds and um, motor vehicle crashes all the time, stab wounds, like really, really serious injuries. And I was glad because in that world of allopathic medicine, that is one of the best ways that we are utilizing that kind of medicine. I think if you've got, you know, diabetes long-term, or if you're not losing weight, we have a like a really poor approach to that chronic issue, but for an acute issue or a trauma, it's, you know, possibly the best medicine you can imagine. And I'm glad I learned that, but the plan was always to then take that in and move on to what I'm really here to do, which is help people understand the energy body and how it is the, the the frequency and vibration that then creates the physical and then creates the health or disease and uh, how to work with that. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to do that as a physician. And I'm so grateful for the experiences I've had in the ER and working with patients and being able to then learn EFT and use it in the ER was amazing. I'd have people with, you know, tachycardia, like the heart is racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, the oxygen is low and literally do some tapping with them and see a shift in their vital signs in real time. So I've had the opportunity to see amazing things. Um, wow. And utilize it from that vantage point. That's incredible. Like it's, I think you're in a very unique position, aren't you? And um, can we, can we just take a moment to clone you and put you in multiple locations around the world? Um, because I think that is obviously what we need. Um, so how did you come to tapping and how were you able to use it in the emergency situation? I found Nick Ortner's uh, tryitoneverything.com. And I think it was their first tapping summit. And I was totally hooked. I was, I found how powerful it was right away. Um, I was aware it was a major missing key to like focus on that third nervous system. We've got, you know, the the voluntary nervous system. You're going to consciously, you know, voluntarily lift your arm. The involuntary nervous system, which is the sympathetic and parasympathetic, the autonomic, which is the underlying automatic functions of your physiology. But then that third nervous system that has until now been largely unrecognized in Western medicine, but is now, you know, we have the anatomy for it. We have the pathways for it. And that really was seen in that meridian nervous system of the energy channels. And like, what, what's energy? Energy is coursing through your body. Well, yeah, we know that this electromagnetic energy, which is like salt charges, positive and negative charges, is coursing through those meridian channels. And we've teased them out anatomically where you can see where those pathways run and there's a physical structure for them. So, you know, for me, I guess it was about 12 years ago, finding tapping, I used it. It had incredible impact right away for myself and for my patients. I started teaching my colleagues. And yeah, it's great to have more and more research each year to substantiate uh, why it works, how it works. Um, but once you start using it, um, it's pretty amazing to see those physiologic changes. So I started using it right away. I, I, I taught my my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, and we watched like seminars together. He's a physician as well. And I started using it right away in my practice. So in the ER, a lot of people come in with pain. A lot of people come in with like an acute worsening of a chronic issue. And you realize like, there's more going on here than just a medical organic thing that we've got to medicate. There's a whole other, you know, a realm of what's creating this problem that's now worsening today and they're showing up in the ER. Um, I wonder what might have to shift for them to really move what's underneath this. So it wasn't like I was doing hours of tapping in the ER, but I would give them that. I would do a little bit of tapping before I give them pain medication or as I was explaining things to them, I would just have them tap on the meridians to calm the nervous system down. And people loved it. I think they trusted me. So doing something that maybe seemed a little weird was like, okay, you know, you're in extreme pain or you're in an extreme, you know, constant cyclic vomiting. If anyone's ever had that, it's like a nightmare. Your body keeps just vomiting and vomiting. It can be days or weeks. Um, If you're in an extreme, I'd say it was almost universal because people don't want to go to the ER. They just want to feel better and they're willing to do whatever you can, whatever they need to do. So to try something new, um, people were very, very open. And I saw incredible results from like 
resolution of knee pain that was like, I, they, I need to have surgery for this pain. They didn't have pain anymore. Headaches. Uh, that woman I, I talked about um, where she was hooked up to the monitor with chest pain and low oxygen. And, you know, that was a real amazing moment because she started immediately releasing um, emotions and crying and shaking and telling me, oh my gosh, I've never told anyone this, but, and then all this kind of confessions it came out and she didn't have the chest pain anymore and her heart rate normalized, her oxygen came back. So there's way, way more impact that our emotions have on our physiology than most people would imagine. So it was quite an honor to learn that, put into action in, in my practice and uh, see incredible things. Absolutely, because, you know, as a practitioner myself, um, a lot of people come with more emotional problems or some maybe underlying physical, but nothing, you know, really severe or acute like you're describing. And I have found, too, that um, when someone's using tapping in an extreme case of panic or um, tension, et cetera, that the the results are felt more widely because the, the relief is so noticeable so in your situation there was some you know a lot of physical pain stress trauma etc they're going to feel a really big difference when they do that a lot of people don't necessarily come to tapping with physical problems because they assume mm. well i have a physical thing so i'm going to do a physical thing to help that out. Oh, I have an emotional thing. Let me do this tapping. But it's it's sort of not really how things are going. You know, most of what I've seen as a physician that shows up as physical illness, especially in the chronic, have an underlying emotional component, almost all, like higher than 90% of physical symptoms not getting better no matter what you do. There's almost always an emotional underlying component keeping that in place and keeping that from resolving. If the body heals itself, why isn't this healing? It's because something's holding it in place. And when we under when we get to those underlying patterns and we release that, physical can heal. So I think a lot more people will come to this kind of medicine um, for physical things when we begin to validate that, you know, like, whoa, just because this is physical doesn't mean you have to have a physical thing to resolve it. Totally. And it's so good hearing that from a trained doctor. That is the difference, I think, when it comes, you know, it's not just somebody from me, my experience coming from an emotional trauma um, that led me down this pathway. This is coming from science and and, and you've studied in a variety of different ways and, uh, you know, the, the neuroscience, the physical science. And yeah, I think that adds so much power and weight to... So what we know and believe is, is true for this technique. Well, thousands and thousands of years of healing that we've seen and evidenced in Eastern medicine isn't just some fluke <laughs> that they can heal the liver and heal the kidneys and help a baby be born healthfully or heal a tooth instead of pulling it out. Like, wait a minute, the body can heal itself. So let's look at that. Let's study that. Let's understand the science behind that. And let's find the modalities that support that. And tapping is certainly one of them. 100%. So let's follow that pathway a little bit. So the, the idea that we heal ourselves might be new to some people, hopefully not to people on this podcast, but if anybody, you know, is new coming into this world. And um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, when you have at the most basic level, you cut your finger, everyone's had like a paper cut or something worse that immediately begins a healing cycle where the body's sending part of your immune system to prevent any infection, the body's sending clotting factors to help coagulate. So there stops any bleeding and the body is sending um, healing factors to regenerate those cells. So your blood vessels are repaired, your skin is repaired, you know, it seals up depending how deep the cut is, you might need a little help, but all of the stuff we do in allopathic medicine is actually counting on your body healing itself. We're going to approximate that wound and bring the edges together, but we know that your body's going to do the sealing and the healing. And so every, even when we give an antibiotic, we know it's not going to kill all the bacteria and the infection. It's going to make it less overwhelming for your body to heal the bacteria and, you know, kill the bacteria and heal the infection. If you have compromised the immune system, all the antibiotics in the world 
won't help you. And people with chronic Epstein-Barr virus or Lyme disease or, you know, whatever, they have found that like, whoa, shouldn't this be killing off all the, the bacteria or the spirochete in this case? No, your body is actually in charge of that. And so we've got to support the health. Your immune system is the most powerful medicine, more powerful than anything we've seen pharmaceutically. And, but, and there are things that can support it and being even more powerful against viruses, against bacteria, against um, even like allergies and rebalancing itself. So you're not experiencing inappropriate allergies. Um, your digestive system and detoxification pathways can be activated, can be strengthened. And this is how, you know, you can eat something like artificial colors and flavors or processed food and still get by. If those detoxification pathways are strong and supported, you could maintain great health, even though you got a little bit of stuff in your diet that's not supposed to be there. The problem is that most of us are living in a suppressed state, the health is being suppressed. And so those pathways are not working as they normally should, whether it's immune system or the endocrine system, you know, anti-aging or the detoxification and digestion, we will see the result of uh, suppression in those systems when we then have a disease, whether it's a diagnosed known illness or it's some kind of mystery, we don't really know what it is. Those um, pathways have been blocked and so what we can see is you have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system operating in opposition. The sympathetic is meant to be very, very short bursts. When we disengage those systems, you don't need to be digesting your hamburger and we engage the fight or flight response. You're going to flee from that tiger. You don't need to be thinking about the bigger picture of managing your life. <laughs> you just want to be single-minded focused of how do I climb the next tree and how do I get out of this? The parasympathetic is the rest and digest. It's where the body heals and rebalances. It's the um, re. It's called the relaxation response by the Harvard uh, Institute for Mind Body Medicine. There's tons of research about that self healing process. The problem is most of us are in that activated state most of the time. So it's meant to be short. It's meant to then shut off. We go back to rest and digest, and the body lives in harmony. Most of us are now constantly stimulated, constantly in fight or flight. And it's usually a subconscious fear program keeping us like busy, busy, busy. And we don't realize it like, well, I have to keep working. Otherwise, my life won't work. And we can't literally, we can't see the whole picture because we've shut down our thinking and shut down our brain functioning. When we do PET scans, we can evaluate that and see like our higher thinking is shut down. So we literally won't see solutions that are right there. And we just stay on that hamster wheel and stay in the pattern, getting sicker and sicker. Wow. That's um, burnout comes to mind, you know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burnout is a sign that you're ready for a huge awakening, a release of that old consciousness of what you think you need to do and what you think is true and just beginning. And all you need to do is just soften your shoulders and take a deep breath. That is enough to open things up, bring in that parasympathetic relaxation response and activate a new way of thinking in the brain and new brain pathways that could sometimes immediately let you see a solution that previously seemed impossible. And that's where tapping steps in beautifully, isn't it? Because it switches off the fight flight freeze um, very quickly and allows the clarity to return. Um, you know, we go to the doctor so often and they say, um, are you stressed? You know, and, and they, they don't have an answer for, the general doctor doesn't have an answer for, things that we're, we're presenting with and, and and they just say, you know, like, you know, you need to reduce your stress. You need to meditate or do yoga or whatever. But like, that's, I don't feel that's enough anymore. There there's, there's an, there's enough tools out there now. Like we're on the cusp of something, aren't we change wise there? Well, it's really about where are we looking? If you're going to an allopathic doctor, they're going to have allopathic solutions those solutions are amazing. It's just most of what we're going for are not those problems. So you're kind of like going in the wrong direction. And I don't think it's fair to expect the allopathic doctor to know all about the meridians and all about the healing modalities and all about the self-healing techniques. I do think it's up to us to say, 
is that the right pathway for me? Because the allopathic doctor can make sure you're not actively dying. They can make <laughs> sure you don't have some like major medical thing we need to address in the next yep. 10 years. And it's very limited. If you've got a, you know, 10 years chronic issue or even two years chronic issue, that may not be the place to, um, to keep going, right? Like you get the initial blood work, you realize, all right, well, I don't have lead poisoning. Let's look at how we can support my body in clearing this. So I think it really behooves us to look for what is the solution. And a lot of times we don't know, but, but explore that because, you know, there's enough out there in the world now of people communicating. Uh, and I think if we really connect with in, we will be guided on a path and spontaneously, I mean, it happens to me all the time. I'll just spontaneously meet the right person at the right time. And my, my system will know, ding, 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 ding. Yes, that's the right way. But if I'm looking on the wrong path, maybe this, maybe that, should I do this? If I really tune in, I'm just coming from fear and urgency and I'm outsourcing my power. I'm not really connecting. So I'm looking for someone to do it for me. So I think there's a few changes that need to happen. And it certainly isn't just to make allopathic doctors try to learn more and be the savior of the world. It's for us to realize that there's a whole buffet and that's just one tiny solution on the plate. And there's a myriad of other approaches and perspectives and other pathways and, um, healing tools. And so for us to educate ourselves, because the stuff's already there, the whole system is already in place. Yeah. And has been for 5,000 years, as you said, um, it's it, the responsibility. That's what I've kind of been thinking there is like that actually the responsibility falls to us. And I think we have been so used to and conditioned to outsource that to experts, you know, and that's maybe why we have gone down those roads um because obviously we do need to check that there's nothing seriously wrong and, and that we don't need emergency care and everything and but, we are constantly like promoted to do you have this problem do you have that problem go to your doctor go to your doctor i mean there's a lot of propaganda telling you that that's the fair. be all and all for everything so yeah, yeah i think it's not fair to the doctors but it certainly is driven by the system that yeah. that is the answer for everything you can imagine you just got to get a little unbrainwashed there and realize like, okay, that's a solution, but it's, it's not the whole universe. Yes. Now let's talk about the universe and how we, we create these blockages in our energy field, the limits to our self healing, what is going on there? So we have a, a chronic illness, for example, presents, how do you approach that? where do you start? When we look at the electromagnetics, our body's a giant battery, right? The energy coursing through our body, it can be detected up to eight to 10 feet away from the physical body. It's not just within this container. Our energy goes out beyond it. And those who are energy sensitive are fully aware of that. You can feel someone walk in the room and know what kind of mood they're in, especially for children. They're already, because it hasn't been taken away from them. They're usually very energy sensitive. They know like, Hey, I know something's wrong, even though you're saying everything's fine. Or I know mom just came home. And I, I remember when I was a kid, I'd know when the garage door went up, whether it was mom or dad, because their energies were so distinct. So we have this functionality. If you tap into it and, and tune into it, that you can be aware of that, you know, not only your own energy, but of those around you. So when we as practitioners begin to look at that, we can see and feel how, you know, the emotions, you know, they correlate to our physiology. If we're in anger or fear, we are in this suppressed state and you'll see changes in the heart rate variability, changes in the blood pressure. You'll also downstream of that see other changes in virtually all of your hormonal and chemical processes. Um, if we're in a state of joy, I accept who I am. It's okay to figure it out, right? I'm just going to free myself, even though maybe I feel a little contracted and I'm easy on myself. There's more love. That's a different harmonic. And that will have a different read on our electromagnetic um, readout if we are looking at that. And that also correlates with higher brain functioning, um, smoother hormonal function, anti-aging, decreased inflammation, decreased cortisol levels. And these are not insignificant. Like I think we tend to think it's like the tip of the iceberg, but it's actually not. It's the foundation. 
the physical things are, are the tip of the iceberg. The emotional and energetics are the base. They are the fundamental determinants of whether you're going to have health or disease. Totally. So how are beliefs created? Mm, okay. Well, in, in short, every thought we have is a physiologic um, reality. You know, you've got these neurotransmitters, they're sending signals to every cell in your body. We've seen in the last 40 years now that those particular chemicals aren't just involved in the brain. They're involved in your gut. They're involved in your heart. They're involved in your kidneys. It's not, they're not separate. Um, so every time we have a thought, there's a transmission and it's not just sending an idea. It's actually sending a message. And so the thought, uh, oh, wow, I'm trouble. I've got to work harder is going to set off a whole host of physiologic functioning physiologic signals that will either gear you up for fight or flight, in this case, bells and whistles, or other thoughts like, it's okay for me to take my time and gear up a whole host of signals for the rest and digest, relaxation response, self-healing. These thoughts, though, are not typically conscious. It's only like 10 to 15% that are ever conscious. Most of what's affecting all of our physiology is going to be subconscious. So I'm not clearing Epstein-Barr virus or oh, I still have Lyme disease or I've got chronic fatigue syndrome or Hashimoto's, my thyroid is being attacked, whatever have you. Um, these are governed by these inner subconscious processes that are like records running in the background all the time. Now, you don't need to wait to get downstream until it shows up in a physical, physiologic, diagnosable illness, and then backtrack and help clear that. You can tune in in any moment and just feel and sense the energy body, so to speak, right? And start by feeling your physical body. It's all energy physical, emotional, mental. So you just feel like, all right, I got a little tension in my shoulders. Let me relax that, right? So I like to tell people, hi, body, how are you doing? It's just a check-in. It's You don't have to do surgery. You're just checking in. And what we've seen is that the physiology will shift just by that little tweak of awareness from putting our attention outside of ourselves to bringing our attention back into ourselves. Hey, body, how are you doing? When we want to then get an assessment for, um, am I creating health or am I creating disease in this moment? We can tune in a little more fully. So you can just say on a scale of one to 10, how much joy do you feel? And maybe you're like feeling like crap. You're like a two. Maybe you feel great. Oh, I feel amazing. I'm really inspired and grateful. I feel like an eight or a nine. Okay. It's not about shifting it. It's just about noticing it because as soon as you notice, all right, there's the two. Even if you do a little tapping, I'm at a two. Everything I think about this, inhale, exhale, you're tapping the meridian, you're noticing what you're noticing. You're letting some of that clear. You may find yourself now at a three or a four just by noticing it, right? So I have people notice, I'll have them breathe with relaxed shoulders because relaxed shoulders turns off the sympathetic nervous system, geared up fight or flight, activates the parasympathetic relaxation response. Even just 2% can shift your physiology. So you notice, wow, I didn't realize how much anger I'm having. I didn't realize how I'm still carrying something that happened yesterday. And I'm really upset about it. And it will feel like you feel worse because you're more aware of it. But actually, physiology, physiologically, you're getting better and we'll see a rise in that electromagnetic field, the, the frequency of your electromagnetic field. So your electromagnetic field is energy and it's measured by frequency, higher frequency, lower frequency, feeling more expanded, feeling more contracted. You'll see an immediate shift in that just by where you put your attention. And that's really the sort of like unseen power we haven't fully acknowledged medically in our mainstream system. That That's my approach. Yeah, I love it. Um, when I teach tapping, um, I really, for me, what's really important is the, the tuning in and the validation. So the 
the the mere naming something the and, and just like you said you know the conscious attention the awareness that you place on something brings compassion doesn't it because you're like oh god look what I'm holding I didn't realize I haven't been aware and there's then room for forgiveness for that forgiveness for having held that in the first place for being unaware of it for not being able to let it go and as you move through tapping you kind of take yourself from awareness validation acknowledgement compassion uh, and empowerment when you're deciding to to release and let go of that energy Um, and as you said the process of releasing the denser heavier frequencies for me frees up space to connect to the higher frequencies of peace or contentment joy happiness whatever love you know that we are that is there for us to see so I kind of use the analogy of like a water bottle you know if you've got a full water bottle of dense heavy energies like guilt or shame grief sadness fear resentment frustration all the works where is there room in your capacity for joy peace and love so we have to shift out these energies in order to move to that place of love and joy and what I love is what you're able to bring to the table is then the subsequent impact on the chemistry of our body that that I think is incredible that's something that's fascinated me since many many decades ago I think it is the most essential thing um and it, it used to just really bewilder me that more physicians aren't interested in that at all, right? Like how does someone have a spontaneous healing of stage four lymphoma? And and now there's not a single cancer cell in their body because of a shift in consciousness. Wow. Let's study that. Let's get really interested in that. Let's look at how we can recreate that in a reliable way. But what most often happens is, oh, that's an outlier. We don't understand that that doesn't count. And we stay over here looking at a whole different, whole different information, and, and it, it, you know that's not where I live. So um, I have seen that we can recreate that. It's not oh well, that's unscientific, and we don't understand it, so we'll just disregard. It is very scientific when we understand we're not just physical, and our consciousness does affect our cells. When we think we're only physical and our thoughts don't create any physiologic change. William, yeah, you think that doesn't matter. So we don't want to look at what we don't understand. But how about if we open our minds and explore so we can begin to understand something that was previously a conundrum? And that that's what I think the shift is that's happening now in medicine with so many people presenting with like, so just stuff that lies outside of the realm of what can be handled and what can be understood with that perspective. I think more and more people are starting to get curious of like, wait a minute, what am I missing here? And that's that curiosity is really the shift that lets a whole new awareness in. Yeah. And there's so much more research to prove it. And even I've been fascinated and so have my friends as well um, with the impact of our thoughts on water. Um, I'm sure you you love that that too, like uh, freezing water techniques based on a thought or a picture, and then it reflects in the frozen image. Um, just incredible. Like if we apply what we know about frozen spring water into our internal bodies, like, like because we're made of water, um, the impact that the thoughts can have on the just the water in our body, and and part, possibly part of that healing process in 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 the uh, energy meridian flow. Everything is energy and everything has consciousness, which is, I think is so fascinating when you, when you don't realize that and then you see those studies in water, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. And when you do realize that, it's still fascinating and beautiful, but it like is so validating. Wow, I know everything around me is has consciousness and carries a frequency of energy that can either contribute to my well-being or detract from it. And I'm interacting with everything around me. Nothing is separate. So I think that's the biggest shift we've got to have when we begin to go deeper with something like tapping is to realize, oh, 
that's how it is so powerful because I'm not separate from anyone or anything because I'm not just physical, I'm pure energy and consciousness. And when we begin to let that in, it's so much easier to work with a modality like tapping to um, come up with creative solutions to things that seemed impossible. I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer, and I work with women all around the world, helping them truly let go so they can shape their own future free from the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us. We enjoy guest speakers and I create a tapping script or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 160 tapping videos, meditations, resources and courses. So visit tappingformoms.com forward slash join dash membership. So where do we, where do we find what beliefs we're running? Because as you said before, you know, they're very subconscious, um, possibly people that are in a very bad place physically haven't done the, the rooting back, the, the kind of core work to go back to the root yet because they're still in that like chronic place and so where do you start so when we do that check-in we can become aware and maybe just saying like how much joy do you have brings up like forget joy I just want to break I'm so overwhelmed and it can bring up um layers of where I feel like, oh, it's unfair. Like, how can she even talk about joy? I'm barely in survival. I'm barely managing. So we feel resentment, maybe. You know, it can bring awareness. And we don't maybe have a name for it. You just start saying, this chipper blonde girl's totally up her butt. Who does she think she is? She doesn't know my plate. And you realize, oh, I'm angry. <laughs> so things can trigger us and bring those things up. And we could go unconscious and go into reactive pattern, making the other person wrong, or we could let them awaken us. Oh, wow. I can see how much I'm judging this. I can see the resistance coming up for me. And you could just start there. Oh, there's a lot of resistance to letting in something new. I wonder what that's about. Wow. I'm really pissed right now. I really don't think that can happen for me. So you take what's happening and you begin to bring your attention within and you're going to feel your response to it. You're going to see more than what you saw. And like I said, 2% shift creates an exponential physical change physiologically. So just that little insight, like, whoa, I'm a two. I have no idea how to change that, but that's pretty good awareness to have. That's the 2%, right? And like, all right, maybe it only moved to a three. Maybe it went down to a one. I feel even worse. <laughs> it's still a practicing awareness. I'm actually still shifting my physiology in a positive direction. And what I find is when I'll have someone do tapping, we do that first round, just start with the physical, this back pain. Oh my God, it's so bad. It started three years ago. Ever since that guy hit me on my bike, uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. And this doctor messed me up with medication, like facts and events. Right. So the first is physical facts and events. So where is it located? Does it radiate kinds of things? Your doctor asks you, you learn, like, does the pain radiate? How often does it happen? How severe on a scale of one to 10? So this is just facts and events. And you do that first round, stay on the surface. Just that alone is going to bring you deeper. So you do the round, you breathe in, you breathe out. How do you feel? Now, there's three things that happen. You either feel better, right? Like, oh, maybe the pain's still there, but I feel a little lighter. Or, oh, maybe the pain's not even there anymore. It went down from a 10 to a four. There's a positive shift. You feel worse. Whoa, you just uncovered the rug and there's a whole heap of crap under it. Whoa, I feel so much more than I felt before. And it's overwhelming, okay? But that's actually energy moving as well. And then the third one is, oh, I don't feel anything. And that either is because I'm resistant. Like people actually, there are physiologic subconscious protections to change. Mm -hmm. And it works like this, mm prove it to me. Yeah, that didn't work for me. Oh, I've tried that. And it's a more of a resistant protective stance. And you as a practitioner can tease that out. Mm -hmm. Or the other reason there isn't a change registering is it actually takes a shift 
to begin to register consciously what is shifting uh, subconsciously, physiologically, energetically. So you may, you know, if you have the readout, Institute of uh, HeartMath, heartmathinstitute.org, they have these machines to immediately read your electromagnetics. And they could say, whoa, this was a huge change. But your brain has been disconnected for so long from what you feel that you're like, I don't feel anything, but it's already happened. That will register. Your brain is neuroplastic and it will begin to pay attention to this new information as you practice. So that's sort of the other reason why sometimes we don't notice a change, but the more you do this, the more you're going to become aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot. The disconnect, disassociation, disconnection with the physical body. Um, I yawn. I don't know if you do this too, but I yawn and burp like something is. That's the parasympathetic alien in my body. Yeah. But that's, I do it for other people. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So crying, (laughs) yawning, but burping, um, that is all the parasympathetic coming back online. So that's a really good sign. That I you're know. That yeah. For me, it's like, um, I know I've hit jackpot when I start to get to burping because that's like the deep stuff. <laughs> and like, sometimes I've had to stop the, the tapping and stand up and literally just try it and tap myself to, to release like that huge energy. And Sometimes I'm, my client's doing it with me and they're connected and other times they, they're not shifting at all. They're pro- most likely laughing at me, um, but I'm doing all the work for them. But I, I feel it's positive. I feel it's so positive. Yeah. And you're connecting with them. And we have also seen uh, scientifically that we impact other people's energy system. We impact other people's physiology. They're not always aware of it, but if they, same thing, begin to practice this, and shift that way they tune in, they'll begin to feel it. Oh, wow. I feel lighter when I'm in your presence. I feel good Mm -hmm. when you do that thing. And we can develop that sensitivity more and more. Yeah. Um, Ego came into my mind there as we were talking a few minutes ago. Um, And you were saying the resistance and ego. Often I see the, sometimes I'm with a client and I have to stop before we can go any further and tap on you know, safe to change, safe to feeling safe to change. Um, even the resistance to tapping, like, you know, they're there and they're, they're showing up and they're tapping, but part of them is like, this is poppycock. So you have to kind of address that first. Um, so for me, well, people like- don't say poppycock over here. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't hear either. It's just me. <laughs> but it's a good word you should say it more now I think you will <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah like the ego kind of for me is where the the limiting beliefs are and and they're not you know for me again they they were orig- original safety strategies they were solutions they they weren't limiting they were amazing they were what your little brain came up with to survive. And I think it's just so incredible, the mind and how it works. But what I explained to my clients is like, um, you would think that over time, we would loosen our grip on some of these beliefs that are then no longer required. But in fact, they're just even more deeply ingrained. Well, it becomes automatic. And so most of the physiologic functions that are happening are automated. You're not like, there's Let me get my heart rate a little box. faster. It, it's <laughs> happening for you. And when you have those triggers linked to, you know, um, that, that clamp down fight or flight response, that's going to happen for you. You're not even aware. Why am I so upset that she just blinked her eyes like that? Or why am I so upset? <laughs> just talked about blah, blah, blah. But there's subtle feelings of like jealousy or anger, resentment, or like who knows what, usually from the past. Mm-hmm. that that experience is bringing up for us. And those triggers are bringing things up for us to heal, not for us to suffer. We can become conscious. And then that's when the repattern happens. Like, wait a minute, I might've carried this my whole life, but I don't need to carry that anymore. The idea that she can have it, but I can't. What if that's poppycock? Mm-hmm. What if I could also, yes, and wow, this person is beautiful and alive and inspired. And I want some of that too. What would it take for me to receive that? That's when the 
neurologic system begins to repattern. You've now come into the consciousness of receptivity or curiosity. And that will trump the consciousness of like the resentment and the closure that was the subconscious pattern. And these are not just psychological things. They're very much physiological. So that's why it's like so fascinating in medicine to begin to, you know, realize that this, this can all change. I absolutely love that. And for me, reframing is like so vital in the the healing process is just being able to elevate yourself from an experience that you had most likely, you know, younger, you know, more formative years and, and to know and to look at what was actually going on at that time, because part of us is still stuck in that place, viewing that experience from that lens that we had at that time, but the tapping and other modalities give you an opportunity to, with your adult mind and awareness and support with the, practitioner etc to really look at that and go oh my god you know I got that wrong I created a belief that I wasn't good enough because the teacher marked me with red pen but that was the only pen they had in school they didn't have green pens you know like you know there's so many things that go on and that our perspective now can really help unlock where we're frozen in the past yeah and that reframing which is like a cognitive behavioral therapy, that's all in the conscious, but where you're using it with EFT is what really brings the power of that because now you're resolving it at the level of the subconscious. That's why a lot of like therapy and talk therapy like is limited is because you're working in the realm of the conscious, which is like the 10 (laughs) to 15%. But the amazing results that you're getting with tapping and the profound impact you're having is because with this modality, you're getting to layers that are like way, way beyond what we could ever be consciously aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you you brought that up because it is incredible. Like, for example, in my last training course in Ireland, um, there was a girl there who was really afraid of public speaking, but only with her peer level and above age group. So she was OK with like talking to younger people. Anyway, I got her up for a demo. And within a few minutes, I mean, five minutes, we'd unearthed the fact that um, she had been bullied by her best friend's mother and the mother gave her a distrust of adults and um, she felt uncomfortable to speak her truth in front of them. And it was incredible how something like, I suppose, in relation to the physical symptom piece to an emotional symptom of maybe fear of public speaking or phobias, et cetera, to then route back to something so different and so unrelated consciously. Well, that that's the level of not only... Um what we can bring up when you're unearthing this like way deep subconscious. How would I even find that? If I did 20 years of therapy, I wouldn't find that one minute experience. But when you're working with the subconscious, it will show you right away and you can tune into like, what is this about? Where is it from? You know, and you don't even have to know you can clear the energy of it anyway, because this is a very powerful um, way to do the work in the, in the subconscious. So is the subconscious sitting there almost waiting for us to go and and release these things? You know, because when we are working with EFT, things surface, like the memory surface that you've never thought of in 20, 30, 40 years. Um, it's like it's like it's sitting there waiting. It's always accessible if we have the right tools. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I put my book together, I had studied um, psychoneuroimmunology for years and years and years. But it was like, all right, the, the body can heal itself. The mind and body are connected. So what do I do with that? How do I activate that? And the mind body toolkit is 10 tools you can use anytime, anywhere to resolve that at the deepest levels. And so you're online at the grocery store or at a red light or in a conversation that's heated. What do I do? Right. The only two things we have jurisdiction over are where I put my attention and what I do with my body. That's it. You can't control other people. You can't control yourself. You can change where you put your attention and what you do with your body. And so if the key lies within those realms, how do I shift my attention? What do I do with my body, right? How I'm breathing, how I'm moving, how I'm expressing, what are the sounds I'm making, right? Because sometimes (laughs) it's like, (laughs) we feel so much better, right? Because we tuned into something that wanted to be released. Yeah. 
is a great way to do that. Movement, breath. And then the other piece of where I put my attention, but to do it in a way that is cathartic is, is different, right? Usually I'm going to put my attention outside of me. What can I control? She did this. I'm blaming that one. Where, you know, what food did I eat that caused this symptom? We're looking and looking what's wrong with me. What's wrong? Where's the problem? Where's the problem? And that's not going to unlock the issue, right? That's just going to create more problems. So what we focus on expands. We've got to learn to work in the realm and consciousness of the solution. And, um, and that's why I've done the work the way I've done is to kind of reverse engineer, like, how does someone instantly resolve stage four cancer? And now there's no cancer cells. How does someone resolve MS that was worsening and worsening? And now they don't have MS. How does someone clear Epstein-Barr virus where it's been 15 years? And I had a woman who was three years in the bed, you know, bedridden. So the questions we're asking, because I, I had an autoimmune disease many years back and I just kept asking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Well, we know what that's going to lead to is like more awareness of the problem. Now I have five diagnoses instead of two. Now I have 25 <laughs> things to deal with. But it wasn't until I had a shift in consciousness where I realized, oh, my body is just trying to communicate with me and reflect who I'm being that isn't working. So what's right about this? I'm not getting Oh, my body's showing me where I'm in a constant fight. I'm in a constant battle out of fear of failure. And it was like that. My body shifted and healed. Wow. So just the understanding of the message that your body was trying to tell you. Yeah. And that deeper listening. Yeah. Because that listening was a more surrendered state. I was no longer in the fight. Mm. And I suppose tapping can get us into that place a lot so quickly you know yeah wow that is so powerful what are the most common beliefs that you come across that are ending in physical issues like have you mapped them yes so one is where we're battling the body and you'll see a lot of times um Lyme disease Hashimoto's adrenal fatigue syndrome um we're kind of like overpowering, got this problem, but I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm going to look for solutions. I'm going to search the internet. I'm going to do more. I'm not going to let, you know, this illness win. So we're in a fight. Mm. That was me. <laughs> battling the body. And so a lot of times those people are very driven, uh, a lot of willpower, um, a lot of mustering up the power and the courage. They're going to put it into the fight. <laughs> so it's going to be depleting but they're not going to give up, right? Versus some people uh, will more fall into the defeat. And that's a different pattern. A lot of times candida will kind of just overgrow and they just can't get rid of this candida. Uh, Brain fog and unrelenting fatigue, a different kind of chronic fatigue altogether. And it's a, they're just so defeated. And uh, they have maybe already tried solutions, but it's like, oh, that doctor really screwed me. They told me this. So they failed me. I had a lot of patients showing up with that pattern. Oh, sorry. Is that not taking responsibility for kind of themselves? Yeah. They don't know how they've never been told that they have power. They've never been, they want to take power and they will do it, but they've believed the idea that the power is outside of themselves. So that's kind of like, the second pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, there are variations, you know, everybody's your own unique flavor of yourself, but you know, when you tease down to it um, and then the third one is fear. Like I'm afraid of everything. So I, it's a different reason for being clamped down in fight or flight, right? Fight, defeat and apathy or fear. And so they're the ones who are going to like, <gasps> maybe it's this. Oh, let me make sure I do that. <gasps> maybe it's that. Oh, I got to make sure about that. And they'll be in like a, um, a hyper vigilance of, <gasps> I got to make sure I don't eat those foods. And they'll be a, in a really limited lifestyle. Like I can't go out to eat with my friends. It's a lot more of a compliance. Yeah, they're complying with the limitations. So like, okay, if I do this and I do that, you know, I'm going to be good girl. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the third pattern that I typically see. And um, there's a lot of cancers that come in fear patterns. Not that there aren't with the other, uh, but cancer has been seen to be very directly linked to fear. 
again, it's, it's subconscious. You're not going to consciously no, do courses, no. but yeah. Yeah. You might sort of recognize, Whoa, I'm doing that. I'm always looking for the thing. Where's the bad thing. What do I need to do? What do I need to not do? And that hypervigilance. And so, um, that's sort of the third pattern and there are disease processes that typically mm. go bad as well. What about allergies? What, where are they stemming from? And so that's uh, the immune system being super hyper reactive to like virtually anything, the food, the environment, the air. I had that as part of the complex with this rheumatoid arthritis kind of thing. And um, that, that was, that's a lot about fear, but it's anything that's going to have you in that fight or flight clamp down and the sympathetic response is going to inflame the immune system. So all of that energy going into the inflammation yeah. is energy that can't go into the managerial systems, you know, keep me healthy, clear the viruses, clear the bacteria. It's just not available for that. Um, that can come with, with all three, because all of these put us into that sympathetic fight or flight state. Yeah. That's resonating a lot. Just so I, I know a lot of people with allergies and also their children have allergies very similar to yeah. like one or both of the parents. Yeah. Um, it's a lot with that first and that third with like the fight or the fear. Um, those are really common, especially the autoimmune diseases will be in that first category because you're like fighting yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, if you ever try to fight your body, you're both going to lose <laughs> so where I was relating to my symptoms was like, <gasps> Oh no, I have that back pain again. Oh, what do I have to do? So you're battling yourself and mm autoimmune, which is you're attacking the self cells, is going to show up usually in that pattern. With hay fever, I have managed to, over the last couple of years, just tap at a certain time of the year. And for me, just really focusing very simply on safety. So I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. I'm safe in this environment. I'm safe breathing this air. I'm safe where the pollen is. And so far, touch wood in May, I have not had a single allergy and I know a lot of people around me are. And so I, I think I have possibly cured my allergy. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yeah. And you can also work with an illness where you're like, Oh, Hey, is there anything else for me to see? And it can physically show you by like flaring up if there's more there for you to meet. Now, what's the value of that? When you, you're these deep rooted patterns. It not only affects your health, it's going to affect your money. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect everything. And so you might just invite that like partnership with, Hey, show me where I'm off. Show me where I'm still functioning from fear, from closure. But anyway, that's, that's really what um, we want to begin to do is like work with that guidance system and that wisdom. Cause it's happening for us. I love that idea because I often get my clients to talk to their ego to really find the root. I just ask them like, um, when did this first start or what age were you when this first started? The, so you could almost talk to the disease or the, or the issue yeah. in the same way, like you've just kind of alluded to there and treat it as if it's a part of you with an energy and a, and a brain and find out what the response is. Yeah. And use it with intention. Like, where are we ultimately going? What is the value of having gone through this metamorphosis? Who do I get to be on the other side? Yeah, goodness, amazing. I mean, we could chat for hours. God, gosh. And um, one more question, something I was thinking about before the call. Are we more susceptible to creating limiting beliefs when we are in a place of vulnerability? And I talk primarily from a place of maybe mothers. So I find that, you know, birth and the earlier create a very vulnerable space that maybe you've never, ever been in before. And the things that people say to us are so impactful when we are in a vulnerable place. Yeah. Well, the truth is when we're in that vulnerability, there's so much openness in our system that it can be a very powerful rewrite at the deepest levels of who we are. But what happens a lot of times is um, we haven't learned to navigate it consciously. So we might also clamp down into fear. Like you have a child and mm. so much joy comes into your life. And then you think, Oh God, what if something happens? Oh, what if this gets taken away? Or what if, you know, <gasps> so you are in the same pattern of fear, yes. but you could allow that experience to open you beyond all the subconscious programs, beyond all the old physiology 
into a whole new being. And that's what it's really meant to do. Those traumatic experience or those life-changing expansive experiences are meant mm-hmm. to open us to a whole new operating system. And, you know, hopefully we will find the right guides for that process when the time comes. And there's there's plenty of us out there, isn't there? And um, thank you. That was amazing. So, so useful. And I'm sure it'll be really useful for all the people that I've trained or my clients, all the people into tapping. And hopefully more people will get interested in it now that there's, you know, some amazing science uh, behind it. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed this chat and had a few light bulb moments. What are your key takeaways? Please do subscribe, follow, or leave a rating or review to help this podcast reach more people and jump into my DMs and let me know how you get on. Thanks again to Olverum, who are generously giving us 20% discount with the code tapping for mums in caps. Do share with me what you buy and what you think. Also, don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your own self-care practices. Visit tappingformums.com.